Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Astros Baseball. On this episode, we're going to talk about the short two-game series with the Diamondbacks, give you our players of the series, as well as five all-new fair fouls. But first, let's bring them in. Tom, what's up, buddy? Still awake? I am wide awake. Good evening, Rob. Good evening, Astros faithful. Tonight was not our night, but I want to remind everyone that this is still the best record in September for these Astros. They will be just fine. That's the best record in Major League Baseball in September. Yes. Sorry. Thank you. There you go. But anyway, so we decided, I, I said, Tom, you want to do it after the game? It should be over like 1030. And then they go 10 <laughs> innings. But we're here. I mean, I was already pumped. I already started writing the notes. Once I went, it, it's kind of like an Irishman drinking. Once you start drinking some, you, there's a limit. There's a limit you can go to and you can't stop. And that's what I did with the notes. I'm like, I'm done, dude. We're doing it. I don't care what time it is. I don't know how, if, if you want to call tonight's loss heartbreaking. It just, it just didn't, besides the two run homer by Chaz, it didn't seem like we had any offense at all. And when you speak to the offense, you really got to look at the lineup. You got no Altuve. You got no Jordan. I mean, Tucker in the three hole. There was just a lot. Of, they had both catchers in the lineup. You know, you got Vasquez and Maldi and Dubon. It was a lot. It was, it was, there's a whole lot of holes there. It's just a lot to deal with. Yeah. And Yuli Guriel was off. That's why they lost. He's, he's there been you, white hot. There you go. All right. So let's start with uh, some news. Aaron Judge, you see that, buddy? 61 home runs. And how close do you think that Blue Jays fan got to catching that thing? I, it at least hit his glove. His disgust made me think he had a legit, <laughs> a legit chance because Twitter went nuts. Like he he was that close to a five hundred thousand dollar night or whatever because they figured that's what the ball would go for. Hmm. Crazy. So the Yankees also celebrate winning their division. They clinched their division, and even though the Astros split against the Diamondbacks. And the odds were stacked against us. Like you said, the lineup plus it was a blow your wad game. And it was <laughs> JV who doesn't get run support. It was, it's still, even in a loss and with only two runs, it was still entertaining. It was still exciting. But anyway, the Astros magic number is still one. I'm glad that, because uh, we still had the chance of somebody winning, right? It was it Toronto had to beat New York and we anybody wrapped. beats them their their next loss or the Astros next win doesn't matter when well I think they played the Blue Jays so that's what I was saying like right tonight if but they would have won we would so I'm I'm glad in a way that the Yankees won because I want to win the game and celebrate instead of because the Yankees could lose tomorrow and we could win it well and we're not even playing so I think it would be more exciting to win the game. But anyway, let's get to it. Tuesday, Luis Garcia, bottom of the first, Altuve, another one, dude, another one. Lead-off home run number 27, one to zero. Top of the third, the Arizona Diamondbacks tied it up with a home run of their own. Bottom of the fourth, Mancini had a sack fly, but it brought in Tucker, two to one. Bottom of the fifth, David Hensley, RBI single, brought in Altuve, three to one. Hensley then scored on a Yuli ground out. Four to one, bottom of the six, Altuve added again, second home run of the day, 28th home run of the year, five to one Astros, David Hensley. 
two-run homer, seven to one Astros. Alex Bregman added a home run, eight to one. Arizona added a home run, eight to two. And then Pena, a two-run homer. I believe the Astros had five home runs on Tuesday. That is the <laughs> definition of an offensive explosion. The Astros train guy was very busy. Uh, the train was back and forth, back and forth. Jose Altuve's leadoff homer, the 27th home run for number 27 on the 27th day of the month. Uh, pretty cool stuff. Hensley, first major league home run. Very cool. Uh, I mean, the guy's been hitting lights out. He's one of those uh, late September call-ups that you can just tell he has no desire to go back down and is going to hit until he can't hit no more. Uh, it's night. He's just been really good. Uh, I really like him a lot. And then Pena, 20 home runs as a rookie. Uh, there's only, I think, four guys that have done it. Jordan Alvarez being the last guy. His uh, The post game they interviewed him, he said, anytime you can be on a list with Jordan and anything, you're doing something really good because he's special. So just a lot of uh, handshakes and high fives to go around for the entire team. Uh, Hensley and, and Bregman going back to back. That inning, it was a three run, a three homer inning in that inning. Just a great night to be at the ballpark if you could do it. And they even posed for the pitcher in the dugout. That was pretty cool. But one thing I wanted to point out is you get this late in the season, people start talking about the playoff roster. Who's going to make it? Who isn't? Are they going to bring somebody else up? Who knows? But I'm going to get to that later, so don't, don't talk about that too much. But the thing you need to remember, folks, when you're thinking about the roster and you think about your David Hensley's, your Dubons and all these guys, there's two extra guys on the roster right now. So think about that. I don't know if there's going to be a magic man. I hope there will be. I would assume not, but anyway, that two run homer by Pena made it 10 to two. That was the final. What a game three for four for Altuve with two home runs. He scored four times Pena two for five at a two run homer. Bregman went two for five. Tucker went two for two with two walks. What a great game for Tucker as well. And then Chaz went one for five. Luis Garcia, six innings, four hits, and only one run. Zero walks, which is awesome. Six strikeouts, picks up win. Number 14. That seems like a lot of wins for Luis. <laughs> that, I mean, when you look at the rotation for the Astros, there's a lot of guys with wins that you're just like, wow, that's that's a lot of wins. Jose Arquiti, a lot of wins. You yeah. know, Christian Javier is the one guy I feel like he should have more wins, but still double digits. Uh, great job by Luis Garcia being able to come in on short notice. It was originally supposed to be Lance McCullough's start. He just slid right in. Didn't bother him not one bit. Pitched a great game. And then the bullpen came in, was really solid as well. Just, a, like I said, great all, around, all the way around victory. Top to bottom, the Astros looked amazing. I could be wrong about this, but is this the second time Hunter Brown came in and Got three guys on, but got out of the inning. That it is. That's a little worrisome. I don't know if the guy's going to make it or not, but I, well, was pretty, I was pretty excited about seeing him. His ERA is still 106, though. So if you watch the two times, the first time, tons of weak contact, infield singles. You know, I think he had one solid single, but then he just worked out of a jam. This The one yesterday, he walked some guys, which is uncharacteristic. His walk number isn't crazy, and still was able to pitch around it. So that's what makes him so special is that he can get into a jam and have the quality stuff to be able to get out of it with swing and miss. That's true. We saw that tonight and we'll get into that later. 
but he he didn't allow any runs. He had two strikeouts, and then Maton pitched two innings, and he gave up. I believe he gave up a home run in the eighth. So the Astros win that game, and then like we said earlier, it was a blow your wad game, and uh, I actually got I, what's it called when someone owns you on Twitter? Ratio. I guess I, I think Blummer ratioed me <laughs> because we're losing two to zero. And I believe early in the early in the game, Todd Callis said that this isn't going to be one of those games <laughs> where they scored 10 runs the day before and they don't have any offense. And I tweeted at him. I said, I guess uh, Todd Callis was wrong. <laughs> and then he said, uh, and uh, Blummer wrote back, oh, uh, is the game only five innings today? <laughs> so his comment got way more likes than my original comment. And then we scored after that, though. So maybe I was good luck. Maybe. So today was Justin Verlander Day. I usually call it JV, but I'm going to give him his whole name this time. And uh, not a lot of scoring, like I just mentioned. Top of the first, Arizona scored on a pass ball, which helped – Justin's ERA, and then a sack fly, a passed ball and a sack fly in the first inning, two to zero. And then bottom of the fifth, Chaz had a night, two-run homer, 14th homer of the year, tied it up. I think the Astros had uh, chances to win this game before they went to the 10th inning, which was a little bit frustrating. But the big moment in the game, really, to get it to the 10th inning if you don't look at the Astros' inability to score, was Verlander's seventh inning. It was unbelievable. I mean, it started off like, and 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 I was kind of curious to see if he would come out for it. His pitch count was somewhere in that gray area. I think he was at 80-some-odd pitches. And the first start after the injury, he only threw like 79. The second start, he threw like 90. So you didn't know if he was going to get all the way to 100. But TK and Blummer talked at it that he should be stretched out. He should be able to go 100. And then he came out. And then immediately it was like stuff started happening. You're just like, oh, God. That was my thought. That was my yeah. thought as well. And then uh, he just he just grit his teeth and went to work and was able to get out of that jam with a huge strikeout to to cap it all off. I wonder if he, like, did something to his hand. I don't know if you were uh, if you saw, but in the dugout after that, they, they panned to him a few times. And – one of his knuckles was really red. And I, I mean, I know he was pounding his fists and stuff like that. And he was really pumped up. I hope not. Hope he didn't he, hurt himself. He didn't look like he did. He didn't act like he did. He looked at it once or twice and then just kind of like whatever. And then he started talking to the other guys. But a great seventh inning to be able to say, okay, I'm not giving up. I'm not giving you anything here. So if you guys didn't watch, it was he goes in for the seventh, already pretty close to 90 pitches. Gets a runner on first and third, right out, right out of the gate, and you're thinking, like Tom said, oh no. But then Arizona, I, do you think that was a mistake, or is it just because it didn't work? I don't know why the guy bunted. I mean, small ball is a National League thing. You, you would think, and supposedly that guy, I can't remember his name. Was it was it uh started with a P, right? The the I, it escapes me. I try to remember the other team's names, but sometimes it doesn't work out. Um. They're, they were talking about how good he was as a bunter, and and I think JV knew that. He expected it. He threw a high fastball, which is really hard to get the bat on top of, to bunt down into the ground, and popped it right up to Mancini, and it just kind of like that that was the beginning of the end for them. Yeah. Because then, 
then I then they were talking about maybe bunting again. Well, then the other guy swung away. I think it was Varsho that swung away. Uh, Justin challenged him with two heaters, got him down on the count 0-2 really quick, and then got him to pop up weekly to Pena. And then the the next guy, I can't think of his name either. I'm sorry. Who but, cares? Uh, he just overpowered him, and he was like, I'm, I'm just going to beat you with heat. And he, I think it was 96-97 away. Blew, him, blew by him, strikeout, inning over, no damage done. Yeah, the second out, the guy hit it a little bit over second base where he didn't hit it deep enough where the guy could score from third, so that was good. And then what a huge strikeout. Even Justin was pumped, and that might be where he hurt himself. But there was no scoring till the top of the 10th. And for some reason, I didn't realize it was the 10th because I'm over here taking notes, getting ready, and it's like, how did they score so fast? It's like, the, and I said, oh, yeah, it's the 10th inning. So it was three to two really quick, and Will Smith was in there. And I saw someone tweet this, but it was my kind of my question. It's like, it, I, I really didn't have the question until Abreu came in. I was thinking, why are you putting Will Smith in here right now with the guy on second? Like, isn't there someone better to put in where you could try to hold him down and score in the 10th inning? But he didn't do very well, and then Abreu came in and gave up a two-run single on probably his second pitch. It might could have been his first. It seemed like it just barely took any time at all. And they took the five to two lead and the Astros had a pathetic, <laughs> pathetic bottom of the 10th inning. They couldn't even score. That was, that was pretty crazy. Um, Will Smith comes in because he's the lefty specialist. I believe they had a lefty at the plate and that was, or I think two of them were going to be lefties. So that's why Will Smith came in overall. I don't think he did terrible. He limited, you know, the damage, so to speak. It's just, it's it's so tough when you don't get that lead, that lead runner, uh, when you can't stop him from advancing to start the inning, right? So yeah. it's it's extra innings. We we don't love the rule. We don't love how it is. And you can, yeah, you can. It's so big. We talked about that a couple of podcasts ago. It's so big to not let that guy move from second to third on that first at bat. You've that that's like the whole advantage. That's what Bagwell said, right? And I want to say Hector Neris is the guy. He's normally their guy that goes in for that, but I guess he wasn't available for whatever reason. And in any case, I wasn't too upset with the decision or who they chose or you know. Well, you spoke about the lineup. It's almost like they just took the night off. Like exactly, we'll we'll take a loss. It's okay. Exactly. That's why. Oh, I was going to say, I, for, I forgot to bring this up, but I don't want to forget. What did you think about that? All the emotion pouring out of uh, Strami when he was talking about his time in Houston. I know they played him. I think they played him last year, but it was on the road. And I, this might be his first time back. It really makes me wonder what happened. I, I, I just, I feel like he was so emotional that made you think that he was still very invested. Like, you know, when they interviewed him and he talked about, hey, I think it's time for me, he said all the right things, very company man stuff, right? But in my mind, in my heart, I just feel like they kind of went to him and like, look, we need you to take this. We need you to take this and go. And we've got these two young guys. They're ready. We don't want to lose them. Kind of like Joe Espada, I think. I feel mm-hmm. like they I asked knew- him that when he was on the podcast. Well, I don't think he'll ever admit to it. That's, I said, would see, you mind if I asked you why you left? And he said he didn't feel challenged anymore. He said, when you you go to work, 
and everything is so easy and so good, you you just get bored. And also, he lives in Arizona. No, I I but see that's that's the thing though. If you remember, if you recall, he retired, and then Arizona kind of gave him a job after that. He just well, he, away he said, "I'm either going to coach somewhere else, or yeah. I'm going to be sitting on a beach." But that's what he said. He went to Arizona because it was easy, because he already lives there. But again, just, you you won't know the truth. You won't. You won't. But but why would so he be a company man? He's already gone. Because they hired him like he was with them for nine seasons. Yeah. With the Astros for nine seasons in two cents, but I mean a big chunk of his career. And then I think he's really he was really loyal to Jeff Luno. He spoke about Jeff Luno. He was with him in St. Louis. He's the guy that really gave him the the opportunity to be that guy. So I think he never wanted to do anything to muddy the water, so to speak. And this was, you know, I just felt like there was way too much emotion for a guy that was like, ah, you know, it's time for me to go, you know. Maybe yeah, he probably Maybe. didn't want to leave. Yeah. Did you see the Strolls poll? I did not. It was something about uh, the off-season moves that they made. Like one one of them was signing JV. The other one was like not losing a step with the pitching staff. You know, with Stromy gone and something. And there was another one, but it was those two that both got in the forties. So they were the they were the two winners, and I was thinking, I was trying to think, what what was the biggest thing that they they ended up doing in the offseason? It, it probably has to be getting JV. I would have said extending Jordan Alvarez. That was the that was that in the offseason? It was either in the offseason or really early in the season. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. So what anyway, Jay. Oh, go ahead. I, I I still have the stats to go. We're we're rambling on. Go ahead. Did you see the Uncle Mike interview? Um, yes, and he's part of Fair Foul. Okay, then never mind. I'll say. <laughs> There's things I avoid on purpose, Tom. Just kidding. All right, so JV went seven innings, six hits, and two runs, only one earned, and one walk and eight strikeouts. Montero and Presley. Presley looked good, dude. They both got two strikeouts, no runs. Smith, two-thirds of an inning, two hits, three runs. And uh, offensively, Chaz, three for three with a home run, two RBIs. And then a couple more guys got hits, but I put Kyle Tucker down, one for four, because he got a stolen base. You got to give him thumbs up on that. The Astros (laughs) had two runs on seven hits. It kind of seems like if he would have started trying for that 30 stolen bases earlier, that he could be the 30-30 guy. I think he's going to miss out, but it's going to be really close. But they had uh, they were one for seven with runners in scoring position. I, I saw someone on Twitter say this was a LOB game. <laughs> and I was thinking, I guess so, I guess. But they're 102 and 54, still better than the pace of 19, I believe. Best record in in September, like we already said. It's a very good team. Don't get upset. Thursday, I mean, Friday, Saturday, they're off tomorrow. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they will face the Rays, and they do not have the pitchers yet. I mean, they might have put it up now, but so far they didn't. But you spoke about McCullers being a late-minute, I mean, uh, Luis replacing him. He's not hurt, folks. I believe he's just sick. Correct. And uh, they talked about on the broadcast that potentially he could start uh, Friday against Tampa or it could be Framber, but he would be in line to take the next start 
something, I guess something he ate or something, I don't know. But they, they said there was nothing physically wrong with him, which that's really all you're really worried about, right? Yeah. I mean, we get sick. We get sick and call into work. It happens. That's their job. But anyway, do you have your players of the series? It was a very short series. So yes. I have... People could win awards just playing one game. I can tell you that. But right, let's start want... with pitcher. Let's go with pitcher. Luis Garcia. I agree with you. One for one. He he pitched great. Six innings, only four hits and zero walks. Great game, Luis Garcia. He had tons of run support, but that didn't make a difference. Position player. Jose Altuve. I have Jose Altuve as well. I mean. Two run he's... homer. What, he three for four in the first game? I really thought he was going to win the game for us tonight. He pinched it, by did. the way, tonight. Oh, folks. yeah. Every, everybody did. When he when he came to the plate, it was like, uh-oh. Dad's when they, here, when they walked, I guess, who was it? Uh, somebody walked ahead of where Dubon was supposed to be, I think. And then I was uh-huh. like, there's no way that they're <laughs> going to let this guy hit. No way. Uh, Rose Award. We got, I, I think, I mean, who could, who else could it be? This is a six for six show, folks. I'm telling you. Because if this guy to my left on this screen, <laughs> I guess facing you, he's on my right. No, this is, I don't know. If he doesn't pick Chaz McCormick for the Rose Award, <laughs> he better pick David Hensley because I have Chaz McCormick. I got Chaz McCormick too. Because his was big. He only he went three for three, two run homer, the only runs of the night. And to me, I was thinking, okay, this guy's three for three. He has a two run homer. Some reason he hits him the opposite field all the time. He should be a Yankee. And they're that side's short for them, right? So and, uh, why have fact- a bunt? Why have him bunt? But well, I think he's I think he's following Altuve's lead. I see Pena do it now. If they're gonna give them that uh, Tucker did it the, the other night, if they're gonna give them, if they're gonna shift on him, these guys are taking those bunt signals, and I love it because it's showing the willingness to move the line. If Altuve right. could have got that bunt down, because he tried to bunt twice tonight, if he would have got th- that down, they would have scored and they would have yeah. won. Yeah, would have won in the so, ninth inning easily because so no one was close. You're seeing these guys start to do this. They're starting to see this shift and they're going, all right, I'm just going to take it. You know, there was a, there was an infield single today by uh Christian Vasquez. That was basically a bunt. And I think they're really starting to, okay, you're not going to do this anymore. And if you are, we're going to take the base, but um, man, I had a thought and I lost it. I do uh, that all the time. <laughs> we started so I, talking I about I write it bunt. down. I write it down. So I don't forget. Cause I, because I think of something and I listen to you, and then I forget. <laughs> you but, either got to write it down when you have a thought, or don't listen to me. I got just it. wait I got till it. I shut up, and then and then you say what you got to say. So you brought up the Yankees. So they are, and and by they I mean John Carlos Stanton and Aaron Judge are one and two for opposite field home runs because of the way that ballpark set up. Do you know who's number three? Chaz. Chaz McCormick. He has what I think it's 12 opposite field homers. Out of his 14. Yeah. yeah. If it ain't 12, it's 10. It's a lot. It's a high Something percentage. like that. It's double it's, digits. But it's he's very third high in, percentage. Yeah. He's third of the American League in opposite field homers. So that was an immaculate player of the series, six for six. We gotta have a name for that. <laughs> I don't know what it is. 
We'll think of it, folks. All right. Now it's time to do some fair foul. You ready for that? Let's do it. All right. We'll be right back with five all new fair foul. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., all right, folks, we are back, and I want to give – I know I, I talked about my buddy at work, Kevin. You know, I thanked him for listening, but this guy not only – this guy's excited. I'll tell you this, Kevin, hello. Not only did he, <laughs> while we're working together, spitting out fair fouls left and right, he gave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, so. and I'm using two of them. Thank you, Kevin. Appreciate you, Kevin. Kevin, you're you're a star of the show tonight, buddy. You got two of the five fair fouls. But the first one's mine. Fair foul. The Astros will sign Uncle Mike in the offseason. I am so torn because that's the first thing that came to my mind. So I asked you if you saw the postgame, or not a postgame, it was a pregame presser. Because yeah. he was he was in the dugout yesterday and then they talked to him today. And it was it was really amazing to hear him be so really gracious about the Astros, the organization, the players, the clubhouse. He has every intention of still playing. And he said he would love to be back here. And then I was like, man, I feel like they made moves to move on from him. I feel like Trey Mancini was to move on from him. I feel like. Is Trey Mancini got, a one year guy though? I think that, I think they have one more year of Trey Mancini. Well, then there's, I don't, th that's, that's my thought. It's like, there, we don't have room for him. Exactly. Because Trey Mancini plays left. Jordan's starting to play a lot of left. Where's he going to play? What's he going to do? I don't know. I don't know. And and the one thing that I, that, that maybe makes it work, which I don't know where I heard this. I'm not saying where I heard this, but I did hear this. <laughs> there is a rumor that Yuli is potentially done. And then if he is done, Done you, with the Astros or retiring? No, retiring. Hmm. And and again, I don't know where I heard this. I just heard something. And potentially he's told guys that he's done. And if he is, then Trey Mancini makes sense at first base. And then you have left field and then everything works. So maybe. Do you want them to sign him? Oh, if, if they can come to a reasonable He's deal? a great left fielder. Oh, yeah. And he hits 300. So I would say yes. In a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. They need so, a center fielder. I don't know who's out there, but that's what they need. I keep feeling like Jake Myers is their answer. They just, they're just waiting on him to happen. Well, segue I, I to number two then. <laughs> segue to number two. 
So what do you, what's your answer on number one? They will sign him. I say, I say foul. Not that I don't think they should, but I don't think if, if you say Trey Mancini is going to be here next year, I don't, I don't think they have anywhere to put him unless they I'm make gonna, a trade. I'm going to say fair because I think they'll find a way. You have somebody that good that wants to play for you. You convinced me. Let's both go fair on that. But I'm I mean, really, talked, I'm really skeptic. He, he talked highly on on Crane. I mean, he was like top down organization. Like he didn't have to say half the stuff he said. You know what I mean? He could have took the, well, we'll see approach. No, he like, he's like, I love it here. I love my teammates. I love the organization. I love everybody. Do you agree with the fact that? I mean, or the statement that the Astros cannot sign top tier free agents? Absolutely not. All their all their free agents that they're resigning are top tier. No, they, from Justin a, from Justin other Verlander. from other teams. Oh well, see that's the thing though. You don't have to go dipping into the others the other team pool if you're retaining your guys. So like that Justin Verlander. is a good answer. They don't need, but they they're going to need a center fielder. I, I mean. If not, oh, let's go to two first before I okay. before I say too much. <laughs> Number two, you want, and that would be you and I, you want Jake Myers to come back on the roster. Is this possible? I'm sure it is. To come back? Because, I, I mean, I'm hearing rumors that he's coming back. You want him to come. You want him to come back. <laughs> so anyway, folks, let me tell you this. So we, we do the Zoom, and I get a warning when there's 10 minutes left. And I told Tom, this is going to go fast. There's only two games. We're not we're not even going to hit the warning, and we just hit it. So, mm-hmm. And we're not even done. All right, so anyway, so I hear rumors, you know, rumblings that Myers is going to come back and Dubon is gone. So you want Myers over Dubon in the playoffs. Fair foul. I say it's fair simply for the fact that I feel like he gives you a shot. You've seen him produce offensively. He did great in Sugar Dan when he went it back down. He did. And, and Dubon and before, does nothing. And before he got hurt, he was very serviceable. I'm not saying he was going to tear the cover off the ball, but he'd occasionally run into one and he was still going to hit for average. Dubon is a liability. I get he's defensive. And I understand where people get defensive about defensive because Yuli's that <laughs> You don't way. want him in the playoffs, dude. You don't, you don't want him. I, no. I don't. I don't. I, I would rather take a chance on Myers because maybe he's got the confidence. Because I think he played with without confidence. I think he was scared he's going to get hurt. I don't think he was all out, but he went all out in Sugarland. He was tearing the cover off the ball. And I, I would rather have Myers over Dubon. So that's fair. When Jake Myers came back from injury, he looked like a guy that was playing to not screw up instead yeah. of trying to take advantage and to attack. He needs and to be Jake Myers. Before he got hurt, he was that guy, you know, big smile, you know, it was good last year. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Let's go to number five. I'm going to skip <laughs> five because three and four are Kevin's. So we'll put his together. He can end the show. Number five, I saw this on Twitter and I wasn't gonna I was gonna I wasn't gonna use this, but I, I want to. When you when you go out of town, you pack your suitcase, you get to the hotel, fair or foul, you unpack your suitcase and put your stuff away. Hundred percent foul. Hundred percent. 
Me too. I, I live out of the suit. Okay, look. Now, if I have a nice shirt because we have to go to a dinner or something, I'll, I'll, I'll fold it and put it on the very top of my bag. And when I get to the hotel, I'll hang it up. But other than that, I'm living out of the suitcase. I don't unpack. So in the military, for about two years, I flew around the world. And I lived out of a bag the entire time. Go on a trip for two weeks, come home for, you know, four or five days, go on a trip for two weeks. The first, like, I don't know, four or five trips, I left stuff everywhere because I would do exactly what you say. Put all my stuff in the drawers, put, you know, you got all this room to Been put there, your done stuff. That. And then when I'm rushing to get out of my hotel room, cause I was in the bar all night and I got to get back on this airplane. I'd leave stuff everywhere. So I'd learned real quick. No, no, no. It stays in the bag. Like, like you said, unless I've got a nice dress shirt that I don't want to get wrinkled or that I'm going to iron something like that. But yeah, everything else in the bag. I do not unpack as well. I don't see the point because your stuff's already the way it's going to be. It's not like putting it in the drawer is going to unwrinkle it. It's, it is what <laughs> it is. You're getting what you're getting. All right. So let's go. Back to number three, which is now number four. These <laughs> these are Kevin's. These are Kevin's. So you'll be able to say fair or foul. Kevin is good at fair or fouls. Okay. All right. Number three, curbside shopping. And this is most likely HEB <laughs> for all of us. Fair or foul? I think it's fair. I just don't do it. <laughs> I think it's fair, but. Then but... it's foul for you. I, I think it's cool, but I don't do it because you get online and you it's hard to find everything you want. Like, where's this? I buy this and I don't see it. And I like to go to the deli and get meat for work. And then you buy stuff and every it's it's cool. I had food delivered one time. That's how lazy we got. But I just don't like it. And they upcharge everything and and they'll uh what are they? They'll like swap things out, right? If you if they don't have something, you you can ask for deodorant and they'll swap it out with a head of lettuce. Like, you know, you never know what you're gonna get. So I say foul. I think it's a very cool idea and it's very convenient, but it's not for me. I think it's fair because there's a lot of people that need it because of COVID, because of, you know, liabilities. You well, know, I say fair in that case, but I'm talking about <laughs> me. Well, I, I always try to answer for the masses. I mean, I always say like, I would do this or I would do that, but I think it's. So this. Tom is the people's champion. You you speak for the people. Every time. Every I time speak I for myself. <laughs> all right so just for just just to let you guys know it's 11 30 p.m and i wake up at 4 30 all right number four i had to word this a little different but i'm trying it's it's taking your vehicle to like a wash tub or something i don't know if they have those in houston or any kind of like automated place where you pull up and they take it in there and clean it versus is better than cleaning your truck at home, car truck at home. For me, it's fair because uh, I I live in an apartment and very seldomly will you have all the necessary resources, you know, hose, you know, a spot to do it. You know what I mean? If you got your own home where you've got all your stuff. If you have a car, yeah. You know how long it takes me to wash my truck? It ain't worth it. <laughs> the only thing, the only knock I have on wash tub is they clean 
your interior glass with the same dirty rag they've cleaned 800 cars with. And when the sun's shining in your face, you can't see out of the window. So you <laughs> got to go home streets. and clean it. And then those automated car washes, they bend your license plate holder in the front. That's mm. a little bit annoying. But overall, I'm I'm automated car wash over. I don't I don't like the car washes you drive through. I like them to dry it off for me, get it ready to go. I don't I like to clean the inside though. They, it seems like they don't do a good job. But for me, having that having a tundra. No the first time I did it, I was like, I've been out here for like two hours and I'm still not. I'm not doing it. It's too big. If you have a little car, man, you can clean that thing in 30 minutes. But I need ladders. I can't reach. I got to climb in the back of the truck to clean the roof. It's too much work. <laughs> All right, buddy. Like you got any final thoughts? <laughs> I am. I'm traumatized. <laughs> no, I don't do it. See, what I do is when you go to wash tub, they'll have specials. It'll say like five car washes for $55 or something. And that's mm. what I do. I buy a book of five or 10 and they last me a whole year. Because I hardly ever wash my truck. It's dirty. When I was a San Antonio resident, the wash tub got my money too. <laughs> Did you know that when you go out, buy a new car and it says you get free car washes for a year, that they actually add that into the price of your car? You're not getting anything free. I did not know that. Yeah. Someone showed me the invoice. It says car washes and it was like two or $300. Yeah. I'd be like, you can keep that. <laughs> yeah. No, I wanted it. I like it. All right, buddy. You got any final thoughts? Yes. Yes, I do. Ooh. The Astros are going to play their starters per Dusty these next two series. So we will have, I think, a really good shot to get to 107. I think they are motivated to get there. He said it was for the integrity of the game. I'm not buying it. I think it was definitely about trying to get to this number. That would make them the all-time winningest, you know, season team. So... I look forward to some really competitive games between Tampa and Philly and hopefully they get to 107. To get to 107, they got to go five and one. Mm-hmm. Mm. You better put the A team. Well, if, if you're shooting for five and one, if you're shooting for 107, why would you put that line out lineup out tonight? I don't get it. I think they saw Arizona and said, this is probably a team we could beat with that lineup. That pitcher's good though. That pitcher's good. Yeah. But if you get into their bullpen, you know, their bullpen yesterday got knocked all over the place. That's what I tweeted. We've got to get to the bullpen. And I think when, when did we score in the fifth? No, we scored it off the starter. They didn't score anything off the bullpen. Yeah. But anyway, we appreciate you guys tuning in to this episode of Astros Baseball. And we'll see you next time. I was going to say when, but I don't know when. But we'll see you next time. <laughs>